Today is the second Sunday after the Epiphany, and the Holy Gospels from St. John. At that time, a wedding took place at Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now Jesus also was invited to the marriage and his disciples. And the wine having run short, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, What wouldst thou have me do, woman? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the attendants, Do whatever he tells you. Now six stone water jars were placed there after the Jewish manner of purification, each holding two or three measures. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them to the brim. And Jesus said to them, Draw out now and take to the chief steward. And they took it to him. Now when the chief steward had tasted the water, after it had become wine, not knowing where it came from, though the attendants who had drawn the water knew, the chief steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man at first sets forth the good wine, and when they have drunk freely, then that which is poorer. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This first of his signs Jesus worked at Cana of Galilee, and he manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. So the words of the gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. What else to speak about today with the gospel of the marriage feast at Cana except the sacrament of marriage? But I'd like to speak today about marriage as a sacrament. Because there's a whole lot of different aspects you can speak about when it comes to marriage. Marriage as it exists now, between two baptized persons, is always a holy thing because it's a sacrament. Someone said that marriage between Christians would still be sacred even if it wasn't a sacrament because the married couple would be helping to populate the church militant and the church triumphant. Though even if marriage wasn't a sacrament, it would still be holy. Because you're bringing forth children who become members of the mystical body of Christ. But as it is, it is a sacrament. Of course, any time we speak about marriage, we enter into one of those realms which is both natural and supernatural. You know, marriage is a contract between a man and woman that lasts till death for the good of the children and society. That's the natural truth. But it's much more than that. It's something sacred and holy raised up to a level far beyond what most people realize. And it's precisely this point, marriage as a sacrament, that uh, I'd like to speak about a little bit today. You know, the greatest thing that happened at that marriage feast of Cana was not the miracle of water turned into wine. 
that was not the greatest thing. That no doubt caused the greatest stir among the people. But the far greater thing was the fact of the graces that our Lord Jesus Christ bestowed on that newly married couple. In fact, you can say that the abundance of wine that he made simply symbolized the abundance of graces that he heaped upon that newlywed couple. Because it's, it's often claimed that that was at that moment that Christ turned marriage into a sacrament. And to be a sacrament means that something is a source of graces. Well, my dear married friends, I address these words primarily to married people, your marriage should sanctify you as much as confession does or even as much as receiving the Holy Eucharist does. Why? Because it also is a sacrament. Bishop Sheen said, the sanctity of married life is not something which takes place alongside of marriage, but by and through marriage. When you get married, dear friends, Sanctity is not an option to take or leave. Sanctity is built into marriage as much as it's built into the priesthood because both of them are sacraments. Someone may object and say, I didn't get married to become holy, Father. Well, maybe not, but fact remains that you are called to holiness by the fact that you are married. And you will achieve happiness only through becoming sanctified in marriage. Whatever people seek in marriage, they're seeking happiness in some form or another. Sometimes it's selfish happiness, sometimes it's not. But the fact remains that they can only find true happiness in marriage by being faithful to their marriage and their marriage vows and to God. When our Lord Jesus Christ raised marriage up to the level of a sacrament, what that meant was from that point on, married couples could not truly be happy without also being faithful to God. See, marriage was raised up to a whole other level by Christ, beyond what it had been before. Of course, true happiness is part of married life, but it can only come through the holiness and sanctity of marriage because it's a sacrament. And seeking happiness in marriage by any other means that would go against the will of God or that would go outside of the boundaries of God's grace would not be to obtain happiness at all, but unhappiness. Why are there so many disastrous marriages today? Why so many broken up families? 
Why so many marriages that end up in separation? Because they're living outside of our Lord Jesus Christ in his grace. They're seeking happiness by other means. And it won't work because marriage and happiness in God's grace are all so intertwined, dear friends, that you can't find happiness without being faithful to God and to each other. It's impossible. Oh, somebody may, somebody may obtain selfish happiness by being unfaithful, but that's not true happiness. That's what it means when we say then the marriage is a sacrament. That the happiness and the grace are all intertwined. But it also means more than that. I'll give you a quote from one author. He says, The sacrament of marriage deepens the life of Christ in the bride and the groom. Christ is now the bond between them. By the fact of the sacrament, both of them become more pleasing to his heavenly Father. Each of them is called to work for the salvation of the other in Christ and to cooperate with him in the peopling of his mystical body. There are abundant graces available in the sacrament of matrimony. But these graces center around two points, because marriage centers around two points. Children, one point, and the second would be the, the love of the spouses for, for each other. Now, these two things might, might only be viewed from a natural standpoint, for example, if a father says, I want to have kids so that they'll take care of me when I'm old, and so the family name will be carried on, that's looking at it only from a natural standpoint. But we should concentrate more on, on the higher, the supernatural standpoint. For example, when we say, I want to have children because children will become members of the body of Christ. They'll become members of the church. And ultimately, hopefully, members of the church triumphant in heaven. And the same type of thing, natural standpoint, supernatural, is possible with the second point, which is the love between the two spouses. God does not want the love in marriage to be just on the natural level only. You loving your spouse in the sacrament of marriage means helping him or her in all ways to sanctify themselves and to attain eternal salvation. You know, your love as a married couple must resemble the love of Christ for his church. The husband, like Christ, must love his spouse even to the point of sacrificing himself for her. And the wife, like the church, must have a loving obedience and reverence for her spouse as the church lovingly follows and obeys Christ.
And that's just not a neat comparison. That's the comparison of God himself from Holy Scripture. As a married couple, you are sunk in the mystery of the love and union of Christ in the church. You're living that reality. Your love and your marriage is a, re- is a reflection of the love and union of Christ in the church, however imperfect it may be. The sacramental grace operates in marital relationships, therefore, towards an increase of love between the parties by enabling them to move towards that perfect love which exists between Christ and his church. As a sacramentally married couple, then you can say all graces that you receive as a married person from any sacrament, not just from matrimony, tend to sanctify you as a married couple. And what I mean by that is, in other words, once you're married, God no longer treats you the same as before. The graces from your communions and your confessions, they're all geared to help you in married life once you're married. The whole focus of God's grace is now directed to your sanctity in married life. And dear friends, you can only be sanctified in marriage if you live your role as a spouse faithfully. You might say, it's kind of a silly little comparison, but you might say that God sends you his graces and he puts on the package of his grace your married address. If you're not there, and by that I mean if you're not in your marriage, mentally even, if you're spiritually and mentally not wanting to be in it, you're not going to receive the packages because they go to your married address. You're not going to receive the grace because God treats you as a married person and the graces are destined for you in that state. And there are plenty of them. There's an abundance of them. Seeking sanctity then sanctity, seek to seek sanctity despite your marriage will not work. You have to be convinced of that. That's the whole point of the sacrament of marriage. If sanctity comes, it can only come through the marriage. Because the graces only come through the marriage. And they don't go around it. They go through it. I mean, in marriage, you may be sanctified by various things, and one of them is suffering. If you accept suffering in marriage, it sanctifies you, even if the suffering comes from the marriage itself. It still sanctifies. That's the power of a sacrament. 
But if the suffering in marriage embitters you, turns you bitter towards the marriage, it will not sanctify you. Because that suffering can help you only if you accept it in marriage. That's what it's meant to do. My dear married friends, I repeat again and again, don't look for happiness in marriage despite your marriage. Look for it in the marriage. Accept the suffering in marriage and it will sanctify you. And not only that, but if you accept it, whatever form it may come in, and there are various forms of suffering, as we all know, if you accept it, not only will it sanctify you, but it will also bring along that little something which, sancti- which always accompanies sanctity, and that's called happiness. Obviously, a person, a married person, who is in a state of separation from their spouse without their fault, you know, God's graces are still available to them if they strive to be faithful. There's no doubt about that. Those are exceptional cases. We're speaking about normal married state here. One last point. How can you, how can you strengthen your love for one another in marriage? Well, there's many, many means. Some are natural, some are supernatural. Don't despise the natural means. Ways of communicating with one another, things like that. They have their importance. Don't despise them, don't neglect them. But above all, remember the, the ultimate means, the higher means, which would be the channels of grace, like the other sacraments. Remember, if, as a married person, all your graces are geared towards you as a married person, then making a good confession, for example, will automatically strengthen your love for your spouse. Or receiving Holy Communion worthily will do the same thing. Especially that because it's the sacrament of of love, of charity. At Mass, a married couple might see themselves in its very ritual. At the offertory, one drop of water is put in the wine in the chalice. That might remind them of their own canna, of their own wedding. Because at each wedding, you might say, Christ is there, And he changes the water of their marriage contract into the wine of a sacrament. That's a beautiful little phrase. At each marriage, even though Christ doesn't change a bunch of water into wine for us, what he does do for you is something far greater. He changes the contract you make with each other into a sacrament. It makes it a source of abundant graces. And all you have to do is be faithful to receive those graces.
And if suffering is part of it, dear friends, don't be surprised. Suffering is part of everything on earth. Christ redeemed us by suffering. From Calvary and from suffering come the graces, the special graces that are given only to married, to married couples of sharing in the love between Christ and his bride. Even as you attend Mass as a married person, you're attending in a kind of unique way because every married person has a sacrifice to offer and you can offer that also in union with Christ's own sacrifice. And his sacrifice obtained the graces for you in your married life. So there's a give and take between you and Christ. These are important things to remember. Well, let's pray that, um, that we sanctify ourselves with the sacraments that God has given us. And those of you who have received the sacrament of matrimony, pray that you take advantage of these abundant graces that our Lord has, has there for you. The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.